beautiful soul. Have you ever wanted to speak to angels? Do you believe angels can support you in your daily life? If this is you, go to my website homepage, theangelmedium.com and sign up for my weekly angel message email. As a gift for signing up, I'm giving you access to free resources, including 31 healing meditations that, if you do daily, are going to help you hear your angels and your own intuition more clearly. Start using these today and you'll see changes in 31 days. Now, take a deep breath. Feel the presence of your angels as they fill you with love, joy, peace, bliss, and ease. And remember, your angels say the messages that resonate with you in today's episode are meant just for you. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host and author, Julie Jancis. And you know, because you've been listening to the show for the last couple of years that folks have been bringing up human design, human design. And I've been saying for about two years that I have going to I was going to look into this and I have not yet, but we have special guests, Dana Stiles, Shana um, Cornelius on the show today. And Shana, are we using nickels now? <laughs> well, sometimes yes, sometimes no. Okay. <laughs> Going by Shana Cornelius Nichols, long form, but Shana Cornelius everywhere else pretty much <laughs> okay okay perfect because Shana just got married so congratulations Shana <laughs> Thanks. Um, and if you don't know Dana and Shana yet you should they're over at the day Luna podcast and that's where they talk all about human design friends I typically ask spirit you know whether or not I should prepare for an interview how I should prepare for an interview this one was easy because they said just come in with your birth birth chart information and let's talk about it here today fresh for the first time this is just me fresh learning about it as as well. So welcome ladies to the show. Thank you so much for having us. We're so excited to be here. Yay. I'm so excited to get to connect with both of you. And um, it's so funny because you know, when you go in for a session, you just feel a different level of oneness, just this activation energy. I've been feeling it all morning. Like I'm just so excited to hear what my human design is. Um, so wow. you have my information. Yeah. Where do we start? Yeah. So with human design, it's kind of like astrology in that you start with your birth information and you generate a chart with that birth information. So for everyone listening, we invite you to generate your chart and kind of follow along. So we'll talk a bit about the different types. Um, and you can do that at our website, daylunalife.com. And just make sure that you have the correct birth time information. If you're kind of estimating, you can get results that are a little bit inaccurate. So make sure that you look that up first. And then once you generate your chart, you're going to see this body graph is what we call it. So it's a chart of your body and it's showing you your, your energy centers and the way that those energy centers are connected through your unique gifts and the way that that energy moves throughout your body. And you'll also see your type where it tells you you, how your aura is designed to exchange information with other people. So human design is this system that was downloaded by a man named Ra Aruhu in 1987. And he was doing this deep meditation and channeled this 
entity that he calls the voice. And the voice showed him these ancient modalities, one being Western astrology, also the I Ching, the Kabbalah and the chakra system. He showed him all these ancient systems, the way that they weave together to make one whole picture where we can really understand our energetic body. And the whole thing about human design is that each energetic body is completely unique. So we all have completely unique gifts. We have different ways that our energy exchanges and moves through our body. All of us have kind of a different combination of places where we're deeply empathetic and taking in others, places where we're really designed to show our energy and be a way shower. So your human design is like a blueprint. It's showing you this kind of structure that your soul chose to embody in this lifetime. And by understanding what your chart means, it really can help you navigate life to where you come into personal alignment and you understand how to interact with people in a way that's going to feel harmonious for both people. And also you understand how to make aligned decisions that are going to align you with kind of your purpose and your soul path. So what we love about human design is it's so deeply complex. Like there are layers upon layers. Like we could talk about your chart for a hundred years, but <laughs> there's also really simple takeaways. So we call yeah. it your strategy and your authority. And based on which type you are, you have these two things that you can focus on. Your strategy is the way that you use your energy so that you can really be harmonious with the people around you and engage correctly for your energy type. And then your authority is your decision-making. So when big life decisions come, you know how to access your internal guidance system, your internal intuition, and you know how to access that with confidence. So you can really make that decision using your body's wisdom instead of having your mind kind of counteract. So there's lots to explore, but today we'd love to talk about the five different aura types and dive into like how people can kind of um, use this blueprint to start experimenting and seeing if this really makes them feel like life feels more in alignment and easy for them. That's incredible. So what are those five different auric types? Yeah. So first there's manifestors, which manifestors are one of the more rare of the five. They're less than 10% of the population and manifestors have a very powerful aura that when they walk into a room, they feel um, very impactful and very inspirational, but their aura is designed to be closed. And this is because as a manifester, you are designed to be independent. You are designed to bring new things into this world. Whatever you really want to do, whatever you really want to say is what you're here to do and say. Um, you're designed to have a lot of freedom and you're designed to be a fire starter that initiates change and impacts change in other people. So as a manifester, you have this kind of closed sort of energy in your aura to protect you from outside influence. It's really like, so you can listen to, what do I feel called to say? What do I feel called to create? So it's amazing that you have this aura, it's working for you. But when you're interacting with other people, they feel that you're so powerful, but they also feel this kind of closed sense where they can't quite read you energetically the way they're used mm -hmm. to reading other people. So in order for a manifester to create more ease and harmony in the way that they move through the world, they can lean into their strategy, which is informing, letting people know what's going on internally. This is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm dreaming of doing. And by using their voice, 
they open up a window in this closed aura so people can understand them and get on board. And when a manifester does that, people get really rallied and excited about what they're wanting to do and what they're wanting to create. Whereas when they're not informing, they can feel a bit unexpected and people can give them sign of kind of some resistance or pushback. So for manifestors, um, they're really designed to have peace. That's like their signature theme as they move through life. It's like, I'm doing whatever I want. I'm creating whatever I want. I'm initiating the world. I'm saying what I want to say. And it feels peaceful. I feel like I get to impact people and inspire people and just be myself. So that's really what a manifestor wants. And the more that they lean into informing, the more they're going to see themselves just naturally aligning with that signature theme that they'll feel of peace. So what is my auric field design? Yeah. So yours is the next one that I want to talk about, which is called a generator. And as a generator, um, generators are about over 30% of the population and generators have a warm, open, enveloping aura. So when people are around a generator, we love getting to spend time with generators because when they are doing what lights them up, they emit this frequency that feels like a nurturing, warm hug. And really what they're doing when they do something that they love, their body generates more life force energy that spills out of their aura and infuses and wraps other people all around them and their warmth and their light and their excitement for life and this feeling of creative expansion. So generators have this, it's the opposite of a manifesto, right? It's not closed, it's open arms. And so when you're around a generator, it's so beautiful to get to share in that creativity and that empowerment of what we can create in this world. Um, However, a lot of generators, because they're so open and so warm, people feel and so capable. People feel like they can really ask them to do things for others. And so a lot of generators kind of fall into the conditioning of people pleasing or sacrificing what they really desire to do or desire to create to benefit or support other people. But when a generator is not really doing what they love and not using that sacred life force creative energy they have on what they want to be using it on, that energy can really dwindle and they can be left feeling really burnt out when really a generator is designed to be super energetic, super creative, creating everything that they're really wanting to create. So for a generator, it's so important to really look at how am I using my energy each day? Am I actually doing what I want to be doing or am I doing what I feel like I should be doing for other people? Mm -hmm. And the more a generator can start really using their energy, creating and building what they want to create and build, that's when they're really their most magnetic and they feel the signature theme of satisfaction. So for a generator, it's just so important that they're doing what they love, but it's like, how do I find what I love as a generator? And a lot of generators can get a little tripped up in that part. And the strategy for finding what you love for a generator is all about using your body's wisdom, letting your body respond to the things that really light you up and energize you and make you feel excited. So your mind is like, you should work this traditional job that's going to pay your family, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) But your body's like, I'm so excited to create this. And your body is always the one as a generator that is pointing you in the right direction of how you're meant to use your energy. Friend, do you ever wonder if you're in the right career? Do you find yourself thinking, there's got to be more to life than this? Do you want to know why God, Universe Source, called your soul here, now? Find out who you really are. I'm teaching a brand new course with all new content to help you find your purpose in 30 days. Class begins October 1st, or watch the replay at any time. 
Find the clarity, direction, fulfillment you've been searching for. The class is called Find Your Purpose in 30 Days. For early bird pricing, use the coupon code EARLYBIRDPURPOSE. Sign up today at theangelmedium.com. Also, the winner of this month's free reading with me is in the show notes. Leave a five-star positive review of my podcast or book, and you could be next month's winner. So how does that feel to hear that? Oh, oh my God. It's like you just like read me like a book just now. That's so (laughs) fascinating because the first part was just like my journey to kind of get to this place of with generators, I'm sure that you find because we're so open, we have to have a lot of boundaries too, because we're kind of taking on everybody else's stuff all the time. There really isn't that filter or like glass door between us and the outside world like there is manifestors so we're constantly feeling just an intense intense energy of the collective and anybody else that we're around so needing boundaries and understanding how to work as an empath as a generator has been a a very like long journey, I'd say. But no, I think you read me to a T and it's so funny that you talk about how we have to use it as being through our physical body, because um, that's been the latest journey I've been on for like the last year and a half. Spirit started to throw all these different things my way, like a voice disorder from talking so much, um, the severe acid reflux, just uh, hormonal stuff going on, PMDD and turning 40 and having these very different like hormonal shifts the entirety though of all of that has brought me back to the same lesson which is embodiment feeling ease within my physical body and actually using my physical body as an instrument an antenna to feel my way through this physical world and what i didn't realize until spirit brought me through this journey is you can feel this intense delicious oneness vibration like you are levitating in an unconditional love and at the same time in your physical body still be feeling intense overwhelm anxiety stress dis-ease and we have to shift it is what spirit was telling me the lesson is where it all comes into one through the vibration of the physical body so um just one more thing we're taking all of 2023 so i wonder if you two will be a guest like faculty and come in and do a workshop for our angel membership because we're doing an entire year on this in the angel membership in 2023. Oh my gosh, we would love that. That would be so, so fun. Yes, Yes, absolutely. And, you know, hearing your journey and, and listening to your body's wisdom for the last year and a half, I mean, you have so much openness as a generator in general, and we'll get into it when we talk about the deep specifics of your chart, but you are in 
extreme empath, especially for the collective, because you have these centers that are completely open. That means there's no filters whatsoever on these centers. So boundaries is really important, but as a generator, that's also true. Having those boundaries, because when you have this open aura, people feel like they can ask you for things Mm -hmm. um, because they feel close to you. They feel comfortable comfortable with you. And then you feel, well, I love this person. And so I should, because I love them. And it's, and a lot of times as a generator, you know, when you are responding, when you are listening to your body in the present moment of like, what's actually here, am I lit up by this? Am I into this thing? Or am I just going through the motions and doing it? A lot of times what we feel in our body is like, I could, it's whatever. Like, yeah, I could help this person or I could work on that task. And so we do. And that's when the shoulds start to pile up. That's when our boundaries start to kind of fade away or we're not really honoring them because we're just going with like that mediocre middle. Like it's not bad. So I should, because I love them or because I can. And really as a generator, you can do anything. So that's not really the question is like, can I do it? The question is, do I want to do it? Because if I can do anything, what do I want to do? Like, what is that delicious? I love that you use that word because we use that all the time with generators. Like, what is that delicious, yummy? Like, you just want to devour this thing. You just want to take a bite out of this thing. Like that feeling, what is that? That hell yes. Like, I can't wait to hop on this podcast. or I can't wait to call that friend. Um, that's really what you're looking for. Not that like, oh, I could, that's always going to be kind of keeping you in like a, a lower vibration versus doing more things that are that lit up, like, hell yes, I want this thing. So with your body and, you know, this journey of, of even with healing your body and these physical things that are going on, the first thing that we always recommend is like, just take a peek at how you're using your energy yesterday. And like, what were the 20 things you did? How many of them were hell yes for you? How many of them were whatever? And how many of them were tiny bit exhausted in your body or contracted, but you had to do them anyways. And a lot of times when we feel that contraction, that tiny ping of exhaustion, we think, oh, I just need coffee. And really it's your body saying, I don't want to do this right now in this moment. And so the more that you can pay attention to those subtle body signals as a generator, your body is your biggest compass and those subtle body signals that you feel are always guiding you towards divine timing. So it's just starting to pay attention to those pings, which I feel like you've really been doing, which is just amazing to hear you reflect back basically what we talk about as being a generator. No, this is like... So validating. So um, for, you know, when you start a business and it becomes successful, you you do have these openings that become like these opportunities that kind of come to your path. And I have been so blessed over the last year. Um, something that you said totally ties into an aha moment from yesterday, which I'm getting to, which is the blessing has been having these folks come into my life to mentor me. And I've had some great, great mentors come into my life who in the city of Chicago are, they have businesses that make over $10 million a year, you know, and I've been working with them for eight months. We're recording this over summer 2022. And I just got 
to a point yesterday in a mentorship meeting with them where the light went on in my head. It was like this ding, 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 aha, you're coaching me to try and get to this dollar amount. And I said, throw all of that shit out the window. Like it's not about that for me. What I need is to just strictly follow what spirit is telling me to do within my life. Mm. Because if it's not that, I, I don't care about it, you know, like, and I don't own like a, what is that brand? Like a Louis Vuitton handbag. It doesn't <laughs> like, and I'm not saying that it doesn't matter to some people, like it really matters to some people. And that's awesome for them. I just don't care about that. And like, I don't care about what kind of car I drive and I don't care about these things. What I really care about in the depths of just the essence of who I am is whatever spirit brings to me, that's what I want to move forward with. And you're right. That is the passion project within me. Yeah, absolutely. And that spirit bringing those things for you to respond to, and then you feeling that like lit up that that spark, that passion, that like soul stirring is almost what it, it feels like of like this, this is it. Like this is my mm-hmm. life. And there's some things where it's like, that's just not my life. And it's not that it's bad. It's just not my life. Like I feel that so much with, with things, you know, that should be desirable or should be exciting, right? There's those shoulds again. And it comes through and it's like, yeah, but for some reason, it's just not my life. Like, right. And, and then something comes in front of you and you're like, that shit's my life. Like that is lighting me up and it doesn't make sense mentally. Right. So human design, the big thing with it, and we'll get into the other types, but I just want to say one of the big things with human design is your mind is here to observe. It's here to analyze and process data and be a thought leader and share and inspire, but it's not here to make your big personal decisions. Your body is here to make those decisions. Your body is connected to this higher plane of knowing and divine timing and synchronicities. And your mind is this passenger that is here to observe along the way. So there's this analogy in human design that your body is this vehicle that's driving you along your life path. And your mind is this passenger looking out the window saying, that's cool. That's interesting wow, this makes me think of that. And I want to create this, or I have this new formula or problem solving thing. So it's so tempting for your mind to want to jump in the front seat and take the the wheel and say, okay, so we should be doing this and we should be making this decision and that decision. And this is right. This is wrong. This is bad. This is good. But really your body is feeling and gauging what is right for you in this moment, where you should be going that directional compass. So it's really um, liberating to start to just observe your mind and drop into your body and listen to your body's wisdom. And that's a lot easier when you know your authority, which that's another topic we'll get to, but um, it all starts with understanding your type. So I just love that you are this juicy, warm, lit up generator. We could feel it from the moment we hopped on this call with you. So I'm just really grateful. (laughs) I'm so excited. Okay. So how do we go deeper into the chart or what, what other pieces do people need to know about? Yeah. Yeah. So, so beyond the type, um, then it gets into your authority. So that's telling you basically 
which of the energy centers in your body is the big one to really listen to when it comes to your internal intuition of like what is going to be right for you or not. So when we talk about making decisions from your body, you're really tuning into the center, the energy center that your authority is pointing you towards. So for you, you yours is your sacral chakra, um, but you also have, so you have sacral authority, um, but you also have a very, very defined spleen, which is the place that is come in human design where you're like strong intuition, your ability to channel. So when we're looking at your chart, like the deeper layers, there's so much in there, but we're like, this person is extremely intuitive. They're designed to be really driven and to have their own business and to take big risks in the way that they earn money and to be a channel and to be extremely connected to their their spirituality within their business. Um, So there's so much, like there's lots of different layers. You also have a lot in your chart about sharing your channeled ideas to be able to educate people and share meaning. So those are all kind of just like the the deeper layers, but we still do have um, the three more types that let's talk about those and then we can kind of get into the authorities. So When it comes to, we talked about manifestors who have this closed aura and then generators who have this open aura. The next type is sort of like a hybrid of these first two types, a manifesting generator. So this is another really common type, about 30% of the population, a little bit more than that is this hybrid. So in the end, they're still a generator. They still have this open aura and they have all of this energy, life force that used doing with love to create and to build. And they have this manifestor kind of quality of being really impactful and kind of doing things in a different way and being an innovator, being a trailblazer. So for manifesting generators, they really are people who are designed for variety and diversity. And it's so crucial that they allow themselves to have a life where they get to bounce around from things. If a manifesting generator is doing a job that starts to feel monotonous, like they're stuck doing the same thing in the same place every day, they are going to hate that. It is going to drain their powerful energy. And a manifesting generator is like an energizer bunny. Like they have the most energy out of all of the types, but if they're doing something boring, to them because they feel like they should. They drain that energy and they're not really able to spread this enthusiasm and excitement to try new things that they're really meant to spread through their aura. So for a manifesting generator, um, their strategy is still the same as a generator where it's all about listening to your body's response about how you're meant to engage your energy and, and build things and create things. So just like a manifest or just like a generator, A manifesting generator can really get in their head and say, well, what should I do? What makes sense to work on? What makes sense for me to learn from this business coach? But their body is really the one that's like, I'm lit up by this. I'm passionate by this. And that's really the thing that they're designed to pay attention to. So for a manifesting generator, they're kind of like that hybrid of the two. But my husband's a manifesting generator. And he the the second that I learned about this, I was like, you need to just open up your field and like allow yourself to have more freedom and explore and, and try different things. And the difference between a generator and a manifesting generator is that like a generator can be uh, a little bit more singular in their focus. Like they find their mission or their path and they'll still have a little bit of variety, but they're really wanting to hone in on that and become a master, like an authority in that field on that thing over time. Whereas a man gen is like, has three careers all at once and is like bouncing from different things and needs that variety. So big permission slip for anyone listening. If you're a manifesting generator, just know that doing one thing, if it ever feels boring for you, that's a signpost from your body that it's time to pivot and some way. Yeah. 
Interesting. Okay, so what's the fourth and fifth one for the and this is re- all regarding your auric field energy, right? Exactly. So the the fourth one is projectors, which is what Shana and I are. Oh, I am. So projectors are individuals who have this aura that is penetrating and focused. So they really are designed to see into the other. And they are what we call a non-energy being. So projectors do not create as much or generate as much energy to build things and to create things. They're really designed to guide the energy use of others. And so as a projector, you're designed to be a guide. You're someone who can see other people really clearly, and you're designed to help people become a more authentic and efficient version of who they are. And the way that projectors can see into people, they also can see into businesses or systems. So these are people that can always see what can be tweaked to make this business or this process more efficient and more aligned for everyone who's using it. Now, the tricky thing with being a projector is that In order for you to penetrate into someone and deeply see them and then give them that advice, you need the other person's energetic consent. Mm -hmm. And if you are trying to insert yourself and give your advice, no matter how uh, good intentioned you are, it's going to feel repelling to other people. And you're going to come up against resistance if that person wasn't open to wanting and willing to receive your your advice. So the big thing for a projector is knowing you're not here to work the same way that other people are. It's not pos- it's not sustainable for you as a projector. Um, projectors are really only designed to work two to four hours a day. And if they're working more than that consistently, they can really burn out and run into a lot of health problems. So as a projector, it's more you can think of yourself as like a consultant. It doesn't mean that you have to be that. You can have any job and be a projector. It's just about kind of working less and knowing that what you see is your your biggest value, not what you can create or build. And then also when it comes to an individual, kind of holding your tongue with your advice until you feel that they recognize you and they really see your wisdom and they're wanting it and there's a place in the, in them for that wisdom to land. So when projectors first hear about human design, um, they're not self-themed. Like the th- feeling that they can get when they're out of alignment is bitterness and it can cause a lot of bitterness to feel like, wait, I have to wait for the invitation to do anything or to help people. Like a lot of projectors feel like they want to be a manifesting generator. They want to do all the things and build all the things. And the more that a projector can embrace that they are this non-energy being, their energy is really designed to operate differently. And that when they focus on what they see instead of what they do, a great shift happens. That's incredible. So that seems like it's like, is that really realistic, though, for people that mm-hmm. like to only be able to work two hours a day? <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. That's oh, that's always the first thought that comes up because it's like, wow, must be nice. Or like, that's not and no one <laughs> can ever do that. Yeah, it's not possible. <laughs> and here's the thing. Projectors are really filled up by their fascinations by really getting to see something and learn about something and study something or have a deep and meaningful discussion, like what is fascinating to them. And that work is not considered work. I put in quotes. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really looking at your hard work output each day try to limit that to two to four hours a day, like, and starting to notice like what in your work right now is draining to you. Like what feels like it's, it takes energy out of you. You might love it, but what is it 
like, is it taking energy from you versus giving you energy? And then starting to, in your other hours of the day, do things that are really fascinating to you. So for Dana and I, for example, you know, before we found human design, we were both working in corporate. We were both, you know, climbing that ladder, working 10 hour days, draining ourselves and feeling like, why, why this doesn't make sense. Like, why can't I keep up or I am keeping up, but why does it feel like I'm dreading going into the office every single day? And I'm just completely burnt out. And then hearing, Oh, you're only designed for two to four hours of work a day. It was like this light bulb moment and just like tears of, Oh my gosh, that's everything I've ever wanted. But how is that? How can I do that? Like, that sounds like my dream life, but how? And it's only through starting to notice what's draining you, what's fascinating, and even starting to ask that question, like, what am I even fascinated in within the work that I'm doing right now? Is there anything here that I enjoy? Is it talking with my coworkers? Is it, you know, consulting clients or helping my boss find new efficiency gains? Like, what is it that actually intrigues me here that I came here in the first place? And what's really draining to me? And from that place, starting to even set a timer of, two to four hours for the hard output, doing the rest of the time for the fascinating stuff. And you start to have this big shift where you feel more energized and you feel like less taken advantage of. That's honestly how it feels in your energy. And then you might find yourself making a shift out of your career into a place where you're really able to guide. And I do want to say, you know, any of the types can be guides. Any of the types can be impactful and can be innovators and can have many different things going on, right? This is just talking about, okay, we're not telling you what you should want to do. Right. We're telling you, this is how you can best use your energy to get the things that you want and to build the things that you want. So you can still be a guide, but you're guiding in a place of body body awareness and you're present with that person and you are letting your body signals tell you what is needed in that time and you're tuned in to observing and listening to your body right whereas if you're a projector and you're guiding you're really looking at okay what am i seeing deeper here and how can i help this person make things more efficient and am i invited to share this in this advice or am i kind of forcing this advice upon this person and maybe i should just wait focus on my fascination some more and let them come to me and that's really how it works projectors kind of feel this energy of if i want to be recognized or if i want to have stuff happen in my life i have to force it like i have to go out there i have to cold call i have to make shit happen and really when you can shift and kind of sit back and okay let me focus on myself turning that inward of like, what's really interesting to me? What do I want to read about or watch a documentary on or talk about all night? When you start to make that shift, people start to recognize you because they're like, wow, you're really interested in this thing. And you're really good at this thing. Like, can you help me with this? Can you do this with me? And then those invitations start rolling in and then your insight and advice goes so much further than you trying to force and like push that advice on other people. So it's a shift in using your energy correctly for your energetic body, but still ultimately reaching your main goal of whatever that is. 
Yes. So we're not saying if you work, you know, a job that's eight hours a day, don't go work that job anymore. Look at that job. Look at the pieces of that job that are really draining you. Look at the pieces where it's intense work. Focus on that for two to four hours and then really kind of manage your schedule around that so that you're bringing so much more peace and you're living in a way that energizes your body instead of completely depleting it. Yes. And when you do that, you will likely find that you start getting more invitations within your work and recognition for the things that really fascinate you because people will start noticing like, wow, you're really good at this. And since now you know that that's something that's fascinating to you, not draining, when they ask you to do more of it, it's like, yep, great. I'd love to. Or you might find in this process that actually this job isn't really aligned for me, but now I have insight on what is, and it's not so scary making that shift. This is incredible. I can't believe like every single one that you've been talking about, um, manifester, generator, manifester, generator, projector. I like, I'm like, yep, that's that person. Yep, that's that person. Um, So what's the fifth one? Yeah. So the fifth one is the most rare. It's only 1% of the population and they're called reflectors. Mm. And reflectors are individuals that have their entire system extremely open, taking in the world around them. So it's like the, every environment they go into, they reflect, they become that environment. They take in the energy of the people around them and they temporarily mirror that energy back out. So reflectors are the most sensitive, but they also have the potential to be the most wise because they are so open. They take in every single person and they can feel and gauge within their body what is healthy, what is working, what is not. So for our reflectors in our environment, we can really look to them and see how is this person doing? If they're doing well, then we know that we're all doing well as a collective because they are reflecting us. If we look at our reflector children, for example, and we see that they're having health issues, they're not sleeping well, we can really look at that as a gauge. And to help that reflector, we can become more aligned with our truth and our healthiest authentic version. So as a reflector, you have this very special and rare role. And reflectors are the only of the five types that they are very connected to the moon. So the other four types are really connected to the sun and the sun transits really come into our body and affect us. But for a reflector, they're extremely connected to the moon. And so their strategy of moving through the world is actually connecting deeper with the the moon cycle and giving themselves an entire moon cycle to feel their truth in their body before they make a big life decision. Hmm. Um, so for reflectors, it can feel like that feels impossible. Like, how am I supposed to give myself an entire month, an entire 28 days from full moon to full moon to decide on this job opportunity? But when they give themselves permission to really slow down and to get in that rhythm and in that cycle, they actually end up attracting the things that are right for them and that are going to give them that a proper amount of time. Um, so for any reflectors, it's just really important that they're aware of the fact that they are like a sponge, they are like a mirror, but that they also have this ability to take things in and learn from it and then clear their energy at any time. So all of us, no matter what type you are, we have this these parts of our body that are extremely empathetic, just like a reflector. So if you're hearing this and you're like, well, I feel sometimes like that when I walk into a room, like I feel like I'm taking that energy in and mirroring it. It's because all of us have that in different varying amounts in our body. So for you, Julie, even though you're a generator, you have some serious places of empathy and openness 
beingness that is like a mini little place where you're a reflector in your own body. And all of us have that. So one of the things that our, our chart can show us is what are the different areas that I'm really designed to take in other people? And that can feel a bit overwhelming sometimes. But then once we have the awareness, we know how to use that to really guide those people and have that discernment and have that understanding for others. Ah, oh, fascinating. So you have the auric field piece to human design. You have the chakra piece. Is there, there's a chakra piece, right? Yeah. And then what are the other pieces? Yeah, there's the Kabbalah tree of life. And that is when you look at your body graph, it's the lines connecting all of your chakra centers. Those are your channels where it shows us how energy is flowing from one chakra to the next and what your gifts are based on those specific channels. And then there's the I Ching, which gets into, you know, your different gates and um, those gifts that you have. So when you are looking at your chart, like Dana was talking about these places where you have deep empathy, and those are the the chakras in your chart that are white or not colored in. And then the ones that are colored in is where you have consistent energy, where you are designed to kind of consistently show up and put out and condition others with those centers that maybe they have open. So for you, you know, Julie, you have this completely open G center and a completely open emotional center, which basically tells us that when you are around other people, you can deeply feel their emotions and you can feel the emotions of the collective and feel, you know, the collective pain or grief or joy or ecstasy. And you amplify the emotions that you're feeling. So that can feel overwhelming sometimes when you go into a room because you feel like you're bipolar most of the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even though it you're does. Not, there's nothing wrong with being bipolar, but it feels like this like cyclical up and down and it's in random emotions. Yes, exactly. And especially if you have someone in your home that has an emotional wave where they have this center defined, anyone who has this solar plexus defined, they have an emotional wave and there's different types of emotional waves where they can feel um, emotionally high for no reason and emotionally low for no reason. And it's so without this awareness, it's tempting to say why. Why did I feel this emotional high? Who was I around? What happened? Let me try to replicate it. Or why did I feel low? Let me never do this or be around this person again. That was a mistake. But really your emotional wave is just kind of this frequency that's taking you on this journey and it's guiding you towards divine timing. So if you have an emotional wave, that is your authority. That's your way to make big decisions. And that means giving yourself time to make decisions because if you're on an emotional high, you kind of have these rose colored glasses of like, yes, everything sounds great. Let's do it. Sign me up. <laughs> and if you're an emotional low, it's like, hell no, I don't want to do that. It sounds awful. But neither of those are your truth. It's just colored by this random wave. And this wave is guiding you towards the right time to say yes, the right opportunity that gives you enough time to get neutral and feel in your body if this thing is going to make you happy. So it's pretty like, there's a lot of things that we could talk about here, but I do want to say with you having this open emotional center, what it tells us is that if you are around other people that have an emotional wave, you actually amplify it and you feel it more intensely than other people. I have the same thing. And that looks like sometimes you seeming like you're the most emotional person in the room because they're just like a level two pissed off and you feel a level four in your body and you can feel like, why are you so upset? But really 
you're just amplifying what they're feeling and they can sense like, you seem like you're the most upset, but you're once again, amplifying. So it's understanding, okay, I pick up other people's emotions and that can feel overwhelming sometimes if I go into a room and I just feel like it's really intense emotional environment. And I can now have this awareness to choose to say like, okay, emotions are heightened here. Maybe it's random. Maybe it has nothing to do with me or with the situation. And I can hold space for people to feel. I can go there with people because I can feel what they're feeling. I can meet them there and I can support them if they want me to. And I can choose to release it and not identify with it as my own because I'm picking it up from someone else. So that kind of allows you to have these boundaries that support your own emotional well-being and really looking at if something didn't directly happen to you, like a bad, a bad phone call or you know something that you're reacting to that happened to you, then it's most likely emotion that you're picking up from someone else. And that may or may not be something that happened to them. It might just be a random emotion that they're, that they're feeling in this moment. So how does that feel hearing all that? Well, and I think what people like I want people to understand is as you go through life and you are tuning into like the collective and other people around you and friends and family at the beginning it feels like you don't have a choice like like it is just you are getting hit by different waves and you don't know when they're coming like it just comes in and it makes life very hard to navigate and you really do have to sort through like okay well what's the collective energy what's happening with the people around me how do i get to my own center i'm wondering um shana you know because you have this too spirit said you've got some cool tools that you use to be able to sort through this what are those tools that you use yeah so for me it's Well, (laughs) so this is going to sound really silly, but I have this mantra of, and I've said it already on the podcast of it's not my life. And I use my hands and I kind of push that energy away if I'm not wanting to feel it. So it starts with a, a deep awareness of, okay, my truth is that I'm emotionally neutral if I'm just in my own being, if I'm not connected with the collective and with other people in my life and like, actively um, bringing them into my aura, I am emotionally neutral. So if nothing happened to me and I'm feeling an intense emotion, that might be from somebody texting me. I pick up that emotion. That might be from a phone call, right? And with the awareness of knowing that I am this empathetic, emotional sponge, choosing to then say, okay, do I want to hold on to this and feel it and let myself cry and let myself, you know, emote. And sometimes that feels really good to do, or do I want to release it because it feels overwhelming? It feels like random and it's not my own. And then I literally use my hands and I push it out of my aura, like away from me. And I say like, okay, it's not my life, not my life, not my life. And I like dust off my aura. And I, I do this in the grocery store. Like if I'm standing behind someone, sometimes I will feel like in my body instantly, (laughs) this like dread for life or this deep sadness with something. And it just feels low. It feels heavy. It feels toxic. And I literally will like move my hands away from my body and (laughs) in my head be like, not my life, not my life, not my life. And I like expel it from like the core of my body. Like I even push my, my stomach out to just like, 
push it out. Um, and I find that so helpful in cleansing, but there are some other things you can, you know, of course, you know, take a bath or a shower with like picturing that water, like rinsing it off of you or using sage or Palo Santo to really clear out connecting with your guides. One thing that I love to do is like, go stand outside, put my feet on the earth and like picture anything that's not mine or serving me in this moment, drop like being like going down through my roots, through my feet and being soaked up by the earth because the earth can transmute any energy, um, with the energetics that the earth puts off the frequency that the earth puts off. So giving that to the earth and like asking and, you know, asking my guides even like, okay, I know I'm divinely supported. I'm ready to just release what's no longer serving me or what's not mine to hold. And I kind of give that back to the earth. But the interesting thing with having an undefined emotional center is that when you are around friends and family and you feel this heightened emotion in your body, it can be so tempting to be like, Oh, you're, you're upset or, Oh, I can sense that you feel this way. And that can be really repelling, especially if you're a projector. So knowing that it's not about fixing people's emotions that you're feeling, it's about feeling them and then releasing them or just holding space for them. You know, if you're a parent and your child has an emotional wave, instead of saying like, why are you so upset? Instead, feeling that they're upset and saying like, you know what, let's just watch movies on the couch tonight. Or why don't you go into your room and draw and, or, or, you know, what, what do you want to do? What's going to feel the most supportive for you right now? Um, holding that space for people to feel their emotions without feeling like emotions have to be scary. That's also a really place, a good place where you can hone your wisdom around emotions because emotions, I mean, this is such a big topic. We've had so many um, discussions on this because emotions, whether you have this emotional wave or you have an undefined emotional center, this is a huge place where we are designed to navigate moving forward into this new paradigm of really understanding ourselves deeper in this human experience of what are emotions telling us? How are they guiding us? The depth of our emotions, not being afraid to feel them and let them connect us more deeply as beings and spiritual beings. I mean, emotional intelligence is like the biggest thing that we're cultivating right now. And it's it's so powerful. And it's not just that, but the seraphim have been talking a lot lately about what it actually means for us to be creating the new system. And through us, like really tuning into this within our own bodies and understanding this and slowing down and working with our energetic systems, it's really aiding the process of how we're building the divine feminine coming in and utilizing the divine feminine and not just being like a woman in corporate America who's going from the same paradigm of patriarchy and, and that power form, but really creating an entirely new system. And what the seraphim have been saying is that it cannot be intellectualized. We're not going to create that system through the intellect. We can't think our way to it because we haven't experienced it yet. The new system is brand new and it's actually being birthed through us individually mm. right now. And that comes from us really tuning in to the physical physical body, each, each of us ourselves. Wow. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, 
I have full body chills. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> that is so just resonant as such deep truth. It's so cool to hear that. Yeah. Okay, so you guys were talking about the authority, the sacral and the spleen. What do I need to yeah. know about that? Yeah, so first of all, I want to say, I know we've talked about a lot of things. If someone's listening and they're brand new, it can be like, where do I find this on my chart and how do yes. I know? So I just want to say that on your chart, you'll also see written categories, right? Not just the body graph, you also see written categories. What we really want you to look for there is type. And you'll see if you are a manifester, a generator, a manifesting generator, a projector, a reflector. So that's the first place you can look to make sure that you are following along with which one you are. And then the second place we want you to look is next to what it says near inner authority. So you'll see it written out. You'll either have emotional authority, sacral authority, splenic authority, ego projected, ego manifested, self-projected, uh, mental or lunar. So there's eight different ones. And we'll talk about the most common ones because about 50% of the population is going to have emotional authority. So if you have emotional authority, it'll say that right there in that category. And if you have emotional authority, like I do, then you have an emotional wave. This emotional center we were just talking about will be colored in on your chart. And this means that the number one center, energy center for you to pay attention to, to really feel your internal guidance of what's going to be right for you in your highest path, on your path of purpose. Um, you tune in to feel what is going to make you happy. And the way that you do that is by riding out your emotional wave, those highs and lows that you'll feel just completely randomly, making sure you get to a neutral place and then feeling still in your body, feeling when I picture myself doing this thing, do I feel sweet emotions? Do I feel this feeling of happiness in the cells of my body? And if so, you know that that thing is right for you. So you're really looking for that emotional happiness and depth, but only when you're neutral. So the big trick for people with emotional authority is if someone says, hey, do you want this job? It's important that you say, thank you so much for this opportunity. Can I sleep on it and get back to you? And that can feel terrifying to do because we've been very conditioned that if we don't say yes right away, we're going to seem like we don't know what we want, or we're going to seem like we're not confident in our decision. But if you have emotional authority, you are someone who is designed to give yourself time for big decisions. And if you try to force yourself to make that decision in the present moment, your emotions might color your reality and you might make a decision that doesn't really feel like your truth that later on you regret. So about 50% of the population needs time to make these big life decisions. They need to sleep on it. And knowing that is crucial because then about the other 50% of the population maybe doesn't need time in that way. Right. So the next most popular authority is called sacral authority, which is what you have, Julie. So people with sacral authority for a big, major life decision. Do I want to take this job? Do I want to buy this house? Do I want to get married? Whatever these big life decisions are, you are able to tune into your body's intuition and feel your truth instantly. So you are designed to be spontaneous and to really trust your body the first time that it tells you what you want or what feels right. So for people that have sacral authority, that common like trust your gut, trust that instinct that comes up right away in your gut, 
that's going to be what's really right for you. So with sacral authority, what you're really looking for, like the leading feeling in your body is like, do I want this? Is this a hell yes or hell no? Do I feel energized and passionate? Like my body is into this thing. And the big thing for sacral authority is watching out for mediocre stuff that in between hell yes and hell no. So let's say someone's like, do you want to start this business with me? And you're like, well, kind of that's a no for now wait, let it come back around. Maybe in a year from now, maybe in six months from now, it'll change or maybe not. But if you don't have a 100%, everything in my body says, hell yes, I want that. It's a no for now. And trusting that spontaneity and not second guessing yourself and not getting in your logical head and questioning, that can be really maybe the challenge or the journey for people with sacral authority. Okay. So Spirit has been talking to me about this all summer. And here's what they say is that the energy within your auric field and chakras and within the physical body can all align instantaneously to give you that hell yes. And that is mm. activation energy, right? When everything is just activated into the yes. And I talk about this all the time. Like if I am a no, I know I'm a no. If I know I'm a yes, no, I'm a yes. There is that middle ground though, where you just don't know. And I do not take action on anything anymore when it is the middle ground, because I have learned over the years exactly what you just said, Dana. It's really fascinating. I can remember being on my second date with my husband and being like, this is the person that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. Not telling wow. him that at the time. <laughs> um, you know, you don't want to scare him, but uh, no, I knew. Yeah. 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 I just got goosebumps when you said that. Yeah. Um, that's really cool. It's beautiful to get to meet someone who is already really in tune with their intuition. And the thing about human design is, this is what comes naturally to you, right? I put in quotes. It's how we're built to naturally operate. The big thing though, is that we have this mind that's constantly looking at other people and saying, well, my partner gives himself time and sleeps on it. So I should give myself time and sleep on it. But maybe he has emotional authority and you have sacral. So not comparing yourself to other people or seeing, oh, it worked for that person. I should try to do it how they do it. It's really knowing, okay, this is my internal system. This is how I access my intuition. This is what the process looks like. I'm going to own that. I'm going to focus on it. I'm going to be 100% focused on not sacrificing that process, but really doing it to the best of my ability. And then I'm going to hold space for the people in my life that are maybe different. I'm going to encourage them to do it in their own process. So it's just so beautiful to have this awareness. And when we talk about relationships or families, you know, your kids, you might have one kid that has emotional authority and one kid that has something else. And knowing that is just so beautiful. And we find when we share this decision-making with people, we find that this is the maybe the most helpful takeaway from human design is being able to navigate big, scary decisions, right? I put in quotes because for a lot of us, it feels that way, but you transcend that fear because you build such a true confidence and self-trust in your own internal guidance system. And the thing is, when we trust our bodies, that aligns us with spirit, that aligns us with our soul, that aligns us with this higher plane that we're, our mind is like fighting against, our body is in alignment with that. So it's really beautiful to get to witness people who have been embodying these things. And we don't have sacral authority. So I love getting to hear your lived experience. It's so beautiful. And I just want to say the last most popular one um, would be splenic authority. So splenic authority 
is people who are really designed to use their intuition. And you can't be a generator or a manifesting generator to have this. You can only be a projector or a manifester to have splenic authority. But splenic authority is like sacral in that it's the present moment, body sensation, but it's a lot more subtle. So sacral authority is like, boom, you feel it. But splenic authority is a little like whisper and it can be easier to override or easier to ignore. So for people who have splenic authority, they're really designed to get quiet and to really like tune in and feel that subtle intuition in their body of this just feels right or it just feels wrong. So it's very similar to sacral. And you, Julie, actually have a super defined spleen. So if you weren't a generator, you would have this one. But since you're a generator, it's like you have both and they work in communion together. Interesting. So as I'm hearing you say this and the angels are talking at the same time, you know, I teach people how to develop their spiritual gifts, how to do this work as mediums, as intuitives, as angel messengers. And what I find, you know, spirit talking about is I'm able to go into my sessions and with that spleen authority, go in and say, I know this is the message for you. Like, this is exactly what's coming through. I can tell exactly what it is. It's this, this, and this. Boom, boom, boom. Um, Kind of walk you through an entire reading. And I wonder if that's why some students kind of have um, trouble trusting themselves. And I wonder if, if kind of defining this through the Angel Reiki School and helping them see this, that it could be, Oh, sorry, not spleen. I said sacral, right? Kind of have a little dyslexia. No, no. <laughs> you said spleen. You said spleen. Oh, did I? Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, this this knowingness can define, I think, how you develop when you're developing your spiritual gifts. Absolutely. Definitely. And your your body, regardless of your definition, is it has intuition and it's just different ways to use and harness and channel your intuition. So for you having this super defined spleen, it's directly connected to your sacral center. And it's all about in the present moment, having these just intuitive hits of like, say this, do that, take this action, having this just present awareness of like, this feels right. And just knowing, right. And For people like Dana and I who have the center completely open or just open, um, our intuition is more about other people sensing this person is sick or unhealthy or has some toxic things going on in their body. So it's it's almost like I'm feeling this person and now I'm getting an intuitive hit versus for you, it's I'm with this person and I'm getting these intuitive hits that are consistent. Yeah. Ours is like more inconsistent and depends on who we're around. Whereas for you, it's always going to have these consistent intuitive hits. And there's just different, different ways where like, not just the spleen center where you can have this intuition. So it's really fascinating to talk about, but knowing, you know, if you have splenic authority, it's that does this feel right kind of energy, whereas sacral is, do I want this? And you have both. So and they're connected. So it's very much like, does this feel right? And do I want this kind of energy? And it's very present moment, spontaneous. It just comes to you. 
And, you know, for me, I have an authority, it's called G center authority. And mine's all about talking it out and hearing what my truth is. If I'm just mulling something over in my head, I don't know what I want. It's like this mumbo jumbo of information. But when I speak, it becomes linear for me to understand what it is that I want. So having friends that I can soundboard off of, um, talking out loud to the universe every single day or talking to myself in my car um, to hear what it is that I want. And that process of will help me kind of fine tune of, does this feel like it's on my path? It's in my direction, or does this feel like it's a fork in the road? And like, I could do it, but it just feels like it's off path for some reason. Um, So you can just see in these different authorities, how different they are. And also how helpful it is because my whole life before knowing human design, I was always trying to talk to people to hear my truth, but I felt very needy. I felt very um, like I relied a lot on other people, but really I was just trying to hear my own voice. And a lot of times that comes through asking somebody to talk versus now I'll just talk to myself all the time and just look like a crazy person. And it's so I'm totally great with it because it just helps me access my truth that much quicker. So I can use that as a form of intuition as well for other people when we're meeting with clients, you know, or having a podcast or, you know, talking with friends about something really deep and passionate as I'm talking and flowing, things channel through me and they come through and it's this intuition that can really hit. So it's all of these different ways that we found with human design. That's fascinating of how to lean into your own intuitive process within your energetic fields. This is fascinating. So you guys have this book coming out. It's coming out January of 2023. It's called Your Human Design. Um, We're going to put all the information in the show notes where you can find it. Pre-order is up right now. This walks you through every single aspect so that it's really clear to everybody going through it exactly what they are and how to use it and incorporate it into their life, right? Yeah, absolutely. So it's, um, it's chock full of, you know, uh, recommendations and quizzes and, um, you know, crystals, essential oils, things that pair really well with your chart, as well as all of the information that you need for having a daily practice of honoring your energy and making decisions that are aligned for you. It gets into some of the deeper aspects like your profile, which is your personality archetype and um, how you best learn, how you best teach and share. It gets into your gifts and some affirmations that you can really honor to go from the lowest expression of some of your gifts to the highest expression. Um, So this book is so helpful and we can't wait till it's on shelves. But if you pre-order, you do get a ton of perks. Um, We have a full human design reader training that we launched this year. And we took a bunch of people to Costa Rica, uh, 35 women, and we trained them. And now we have it as an online course. And so you get entered to win tuition for that. You get um, an ebook that helps you have some meditation practices that you can start doing right now to honor your design. So there is a lot of free goodies when you pre-order and then it will be um, sent to you in January when it's out on shelves. This is incredible. So I'm wondering one more question. That is, you know, with astrology, how things change. Like you can go through a different chapter of your life and go in for an astrology reading. And there's a lot of 
different things that are coming up for you versus like five years earlier. And there's going to be different things 20 years from now. How does human design work in that way? Like, does it change over time? Can you change some of these different things? Or is your human design permanent? Like whatever you find that you are is what you're going to be for the rest of your life. Yeah. So almost always, whatever you are is what you're going to be for the rest of your life. And no matter what changes you go through, this navigation system of here's my strategy, here's my type, here's my decision-making authority, those are always going to stay the same. So we really love that about human design because it's kind of like a lifelong um, coming into your own, working with these things and really mastering your navigation system. However, just like astrology, there are transits that you go through. So the big ones would be uh, your Saturn return from when you're 27 to 30. Um, then you also go through your Uranus opposition where you really feel called to step into your purpose in a greater way. That happens around the age of 40. And then there's your Chiron return, which happens at the age of 50. So these are kind of deeper layers of human design that we don't discuss often, but we do go through these different energies, these different cycles, these different phases in our life, but this navigation system remains the same. And so you always have this like grounded center of confident how to navigate new waters that you enter into. This is fantastic. Oh my goodness. Dana and Jaina, um, thank you so much for being here. De Luna podcast. Everybody's got to check it out. We'll put that in the show notes below as well. I'm just so excited about the work that you're doing of bringing this information in. I almost want to do like a book a reading through you guys for my kiddo because she's just in yeah. middle school now and I feel like she could get so much value. I wish I would have known all of this so many years earlier. Yeah. It's such a beautiful gift and using it with your family and understanding the dynamics of your kids. It's so exciting. And we love getting to witness how kids respond to it. Um, in our experience, they respond with such resonance and such excitement that they have this like empowerment and this level of understanding. So it's really fun to get to explore with, with kiddos. That's so exciting. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Where can people best find you? Yeah, thank you so much for having us. This has been so much fun. And people can connect with us on our website, daylunalife.com. And they can go to our Instagram at dayluna. And of course, they can find us on our podcast, the Dayluna Human Design Podcast. Love it. Beautiful soul. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name's Julie. You know I'm all about connecting you with messages from your angels and loved ones on the other side. If you've been listening today and you're super excited and just have to know which angels are around you right now, who's connecting with you, and what messages they have for you, go to theangelmedium.com. Register for a session. You can do a reading with me or a member of my team. We're all incredible. We all talk to angels daily and we can help you in making sure that your angels are doing the very best they can to support you and guide you to your best life. If this sounds like you, virtual sessions, they're only offered on my website. Sign up today. And if you're the person who's really excited, you're ready to go all in developing all of your unique spiritual gifts, growing your intuition, starting your own healing business, you can sign up for my Angel Reiki School to become a certified angel messenger. 
That's for the healers among us who feel called to grow their intuition to the max and serve humanity with their gifts. You'll learn Reiki, mediumship, how to deliver angel messages, and how to get clients. That's the Angel Reiki School at theangelmedium.com or DM me on Instagram at angelpodcast with any questions. Before you go, connect with your angels by placing your hands on your heart. Take a deep breath. Imagine a doorway filled with God's unconditional love is right in front of you. Step into that love and feel it as it fills your body, chakras, and auric field. Now ask your angels, what would you have me know today? And open yourself to the positive, loving messages they have just for you. <laughs> 